Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. And it's faith that pleases Him. It's faith that removes the curse. And it's the faith of the covenant that builds our confidence. I'm telling you, you've got to keep reminding yourself of this. If you want your faith to be strong, you've got to revisit the new covenant. You've got to revisit the, the, the finished work of the cross. Because this heart wants to so easily creep into independence. Hello? Well, Steve, I don't know what you're talking about. I was never a Jew, so this doesn't apply to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that didn't apply to you. But whenever we start withdrawing from God, even if we know the Bible from generations to revolutions and can quote it sideways and forwards and, and we stop walking in a relationship of intimacy where we're trusting and walking in faith and start relying on just going through rituals, hello, where we slip into a nominal outward religious mindset, we're not walking by faith anymore. We're walking in a religion. So the question is, to walk by faith, I've got to be in an intimate relationship, hearing, communing, and walking. And when I move away from that, I'm slipping into the same trap of religion. So whether you're Jew or not a Jew, that same trap exists. So we need our hearts to be softened by the gospel. We need our hearts to be reminded about the gospel. Because that's our faith. I know I'm getting it. It's going to take a little while for all of us, I believe. But I'm quite slow. So if I'm getting it. So this woman now, Jesus refers back to the covenant. Looks past her weaknesses. Looks past her sickness. Looks past the doctor's reviews. And he says, a daughter of Abraham. He looks back past all that you're facing right now, and he says, a son and daughter of the new covenant. And religion will always have a, yeah, but one more thing you have to do. One, you know, you, you're fine, but it's the Sabbath. or It's fine, but this. Jesus even used that tactic on the rich young ruler because he was so self-righteous in his own goodness. He said, one thing you lack. Religion has to tell you there's one thing you lack until you realize you do lack and you need. My, my dad, growing up, wasn't even a religious man. We'd never put our foot in church or had a Bible in the house. But when he heard I got this Christianity stuff, instead of being delighted for me, I remember clearly his first comment was, well, if you really believe the stuff, you should sell everything you got, give it to the poor. And I was like a young man. I was quite over. All, like, my, yeah, I respected my dad's uh, advice, his suggestion. But I thought, I can't do that. But then I realized that's the spirit of religion. Because there's always one more thing you've got to do. One more thing you lack. You can't, well, if you ask, go and give away all this stuff. It's amazing how the unbelievers know how the believers should live. Better than how the believers know they should live. And maybe that's why they're not believers. Because they've got a mixed up idea of what it means to be a believer. You know, you, you can't eat certain foods, you've got to give it all to the poor, you, 
you know, got to sleep in a different bed to your wife because you've had your children now. And all these weird ideas that people get about becoming religious. And then they, they know how you should live. And if you're not secure in the gospel, if you're not secure in God's opinion of you, you'll let everybody else's opinion rule. This woman that was bent over, she had an opinion about herself. She was sick and had infirmity. The religious leaders had a, an opinion about her. But the opinion that mattered the most was the opinion Jesus had. And he said, daughter of Abraham, that was his opinion. That's his opinion of you. If you bowed down, maybe not in infirmity, but just under the burden of life, under the burden of, of disappointment, Jesus looks past that uh, 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 disappointment. He looks past that lack in your life and he says, you're a son of the covenant. You're a daughter of the covenant. That's my opinion of you. Whose opinion do you want to believe? Whose opinion are you going to live under? His opinion or religion's opinion? His opinion or your own opinion? Your opinion can be wrong. Get, well, what's God's opinion? It's like if, 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 if I find a ring, you know, and, and, and I, I go to my wife, I say, it's very nice, but we don't know how well it's valued. And, you know, the guy working in the kitchen says, yeah, I think it's cheap. And then the next door neighbor says, oh, I think it's expensive. Their opinions mean nothing until I take it to an expert. When an expert takes it, it's his opinion that matters. God is the expert on your life. And it's his opinion. Okay. So. Are you going to read with me this morning? I've got to get to my sermon sometime. Okay. Let's read together. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man... And he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, but they never lost heart. They never lost heart. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your, offering, that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. 
a man of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. A man who dared to trust the goodness of God, even when the circumstances were going against him. Romans says it like this. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. If you're not told not to drive 120, then you're not breaking the speed limit. But when you've got a big signboard that says 60 kilometers only with a big red ring around it, there is transgression. You get that. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Come on, Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Wow. Look at his faith now. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Say, we're going to say this together now. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Amen? Against all hope. What are you facing that seems hopeless? Against all hope. That's the very thing without weakening in your faith. It says about Abraham. Without weakening in his faith. Not to waver unbelief regarding the promise of God. But be fully persuaded that God has power to do what he has promised What are you facing that seems against hope? Not just faith in faith, but faith in a covenant that was made. Not wavering in unbelief, but to be persuaded. You see, my friend, this is what the gospel should produce in us. This is the gospel that was preached to Abraham and gave him a foundation to live off. This is the faith that's offered to you and offered to me. That against hope, being fully persuaded in God's character, not doubting the integrity of God's nature like Adam did, but saying, like the other heroes of faith, I wish we had time to read through them all, but we have to believe that God has set things up that he can never be angry with us again, that he doesn't have to see us in condemnation. He can We've got to see a God who says, I will turn the impossible that you're facing right now into possible, if you will trust me. That I'm able to make this thing for good as only God can. But Lord, 
Look what's going on. It seems hopeless. How, how long do you have to keep crying out to you and believing and trusting? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Man, we sang about it this morning. I'm reading these scriptures to you today in a hope that you and I will have our faith built up. And then the last scripture. Come on, anchor yourself in this today. So also, say also, Abraham, believe God and it was credited to him as right standing. I substitute that word right standing sometimes because righteousness is a little bit airy-fairy. But when I realize I'm in the right standing with God, that he looks at my faith, that I believe the best about him, and he says, that's now the stuff that I'm talking about. That's the stuff that's going to change your life. That's the stuff that's going to change people's lives around you. When you understand your faith is your right standing, and your right standing is because of that simple faith. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Say, all nations are blessed. All na- it's for all nations. The Jews thought it was just for a little nation of Israelites. But the promise to Abraham was much bigger than that. It was for all nations. And yes, if you got views on Israel and theologies on Israel, uh, I'm happy for that. But I believe God loves the Lebanese and the Syrian and the Egyptians just as much as he loves Israel. Now, I don't upset anybody on that. There is scripture that sometimes seems to look like God has a favorite nation. Well, I think he does. And they're called the nations of the world. And that includes all those flags you see up there. Malawi, Zimbabwe, Botswana. No England there for a reason. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) All nations. That includes every one of us sitting here. Because we're all from different nations. So, those who rely on faith are blessed. So, I'm blessed. Along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything. You've got to do everything, because there's always something you lack. There's always something you don't get right, and that's the curse. Clearly, 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 no one who relies on the law can be justified before God, because, and he says it again, righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. You know, snip on the tip, keep the Sabbath, bring your offering. Don't do certain things on certain days and do other things on other days. And that's all you've got to do. Just get to church once a week. You know, attend a life group meeting every second week. You know, go to the Easter service maybe every third year and the Christmas service once in a lifetime. And, you know, I just tick my boxes and I have my little devotion But is there life in your faith? Is that producing a confidence and a trust that God is for you and not against you? 
That Christ in you is the hope of glory to which God is relating as the covenant, looking past your circumstances, looking past the waves that come in to buffet and destroy you, instead of looking at them and saying, oh, I thought God would help. You don't. You waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God against hope in all storms. I choose to keep believing the best about God because he's looking at a covenant, not looking at your behavior. Now, I know some people will misinterpret that and say, oh, your behavior doesn't. Of course, your behavior matters. But that's not what the gospel is about. Thank you for that roaring amen and agreement. So the law is not based on faith. It's just about what you do, okay? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hang on a tree. He redeemed us. Here's the reason. In order. Say, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith you receive the promise, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? This is good news. This is something worth agreeing in. This is something we've got to keep preaching to our heart. This is something when the trials of life are difficult and we we feel bent over under the infirmities of the world around us. We hear the voice of Jesus, not relating to us in our situation, but relating to us based on a covenant, a covenant that predates Moses, predates legalism, and was based in God's covenant with Abraham that was fulfilled. Our joining faith is our agreement on the one promise that was made to the one seed. And in Christ, all nations will be blessed and all nations will receive all they need. Can you say amen? Let's stand up this morning. Give him praise. I just felt while Stephen was preaching, there are people here that feel that they don't have faith. And while he's preaching about faith, you think, well, I'm disqualified. I don't have faith. And I just felt to add to Stephen's words this morning that it is not about your faith. He spoke about Jesus Christ coming to live inside of us right at the beginning. It's the faith of the Son of God who lives inside of you. So not one of us are disqualified for not having enough faith. It's his faith, the faith of God inside of us that believes in the promises of the word. I should, I should let her preach more often, eh? Let's just receive right now. We've put this time aside. We've, we've come for this corporate anointing to build our faith today. And no one needs to leave this place feeling like a failure, feeling like they don't have what it takes, looking at their circumstances. But this morning, every single one of us can leave here going, I choose to believe my God is for me. I choose to believe God is good. And I choose to believe He looks past my situation and connects with a single promise made to a single seed. And Christ in me and me in Christ is all the qualification I need. So right now, I know there's people who are going through storms. I know there's people going through huge tragedies. And the questions are, where was God? Where is God? Why God? This morning, by the Spirit, allow 
the tenderness of God's love just to come right now and confirm in your spirit that He is for you. Take your eyes off the storm. Take your eyes off the disappointment. Take your eyes off the present situation and dare to believe that God's opinion of you is Jesus and His opinion of you is everything He had for His Son. He kept nothing back. He will hold nothing back. He will, he's not depriving. Choose to believe this message. And we do, Father, this morning as we stand before you, we just say, Oh, Lord, of all the things we go through in the week and all the stuff, may the impact of this message remain with us. And yes, it's not my faith I'm depending. I'm not having faith in faith. I'm just trusting you. I'm just believing that you are able. I've come to the end of my rope. And I'm just grabbing on this knot. And I'm hanging. I'm hanging. I'm hanging in there, Lord.